0: I'm Jared Angle. Welcome to Hear the Dance. On this podcast, I'll be discussing another blockbuster ballet from the company's 1972 Stravinsky Festival, George Balanchine's Symphony in Three Movements. Balanchine's relationship with the music began when he and Stravinsky discussed the unfinished score in Hollywood in the 1940s before its 1946 premiere by the New York Philharmonic. My relationship with this ballet is practically as long as my life as a New Yorker. I moved from Pennsylvania to New York to attend the School of American Ballet while I was a sophomore in high school. And I was lucky enough to dance one of the principal roles in this ballet at the end of the year workshop. I later danced three different roles in this ballet after joining the company. I'm so happy that my first guest today is the teacher that staged this monumental work on me and a bunch of other teenagers at SAB, Susan Pillar, or Susie as we all call her. Susie was born in New York City, grew up on Long Island, and started at the age of 11 at the School of American Ballet. She studied there until joining George Balanchine's New York City Ballet at age 15 and eventually became a soloist dancer. After retiring, she has been a faculty member at the School of American Ballet for over 30 years. Susie Pilar, welcome to Hear the Dance.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: We are talking about Balanchine's Symphony in Three Movements today, and you were part of this ballet.
1: Yes, I was. I was one of the five couples. And the truth of the matter is, None of us knew what was going on in the other room if you weren't in that ballet. We were all like, what? When we saw these things, you know, I remember, I think maybe it was the second night my dear friend Susie Hendel and I went out front to watch and it was duo and never have seen a step of it. And we were just crying and went backstage and said, Mr. V, that was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Oh my god, oh my god. And he was like, Really, dear? Did you really like it? Because I think maybe he just did you know, he just did it. He was mm. a journeyman core he went from room to room and made all these things happen. And speed wise, yeah, I mean but that's all we knew. We didn't know some. I mean, yes, we knew Jerry Robbins,
2: Took a long you know, time. F- and he
1: took a long time, fiddled and fiddled and changed and fiddled and fiddled and Mr. B, no. He did something and then he would say to us, let's see how it looks. And then, because what's important? How it looks, not like I want this step and I want that step. Let's see how it looks, it's for the public. And so, of course, it practically always looked amazing. And so that's, you know, sometimes he changed things. but And very rarely do I remember him getting stuck on things. Other people will tell you certain ballets, maybe certain things Mm -hmm. baffled him for one day. Uh,
0: Symphony in Three seems like possibly the most complicated.
2: Yeah. It is. Of his
0: ballets, because just the way the 16 women in the corps, the five couples, the three principal couples, they are constantly, they're not just in separate, no. you know, no. in, in hierarchical order. They are in and out of each other, different counts. Different counts. The whole time. Every group. And it's
1: interesting that you say that, because I was in the five couples, and it was really, it was so much fun. We just loved it. I mean, I loved it. And I count any everything. And it's important to count it, because... You can't hear it. I only was really aware of my part, the counts. But now I've staged it many times. I staged it for your workshop, which was one of the greatest workshops ever. And then I've staged it for many companies. I staged it in Denmark for Nikolai. I staged it for Peter Boland. And Boston Ballet I set it for. So when you stage the whole thing, the magnitude of what everybody is doing at the same time two different counts, in different configurations, it's mind-boggling. But that's Mr. B's mind, you see, because he can look at that score and see the people where, you know, you do when this is playing this, and you're doing when this is playing this, and it's the same time as this, and this section's in five, but the front section is in four, and you know, only he could do that.
0: I th- I read that he did the piano transcription of Symphony in Three himself.
1: Himself, yes, he did. Which I have is... I have an original in my house. <gasps> you do? <laughs> yes. Well, no, not original transcription, but an original. The score copy of, with, with his with the original notes markings and... and stuff like that.
0: It's very complicated music. It's big music. It's like a sort of beautiful frightening machine once it starts it doesn't stop did he ever play the actual like an actual recording of any music or did he always just come in with the piano did he come in with notes because also the architecture of the dancers on the stage is so complex no
1: all he had to do was go and look at Gordon Belsner at the score at the piano he didn't need notes I mean I don't remember him having notes yeah Um, maybe he had secret notes. There were no iPads. I I mean, I don't think I... We didn't have any iPads in those days. Hmm. That's the amazing thing about him. See, if you worked with him, the way he could just see the notes on the page and assimilate people and make, you know, architecture that looked like the notes on the page with the people, that was the gift that I don't think anybody has ever had since. I mean, it
0: requires... You know, some years in the conservatory studying music. Yeah, and but also just his and his
1: and for certain kinds for, for Stravinsky. Hmm. You know his uh, his attachment to there. They were of the same mind. It, it it's just so when you stage the whole thing and you see all the parts, it's a miracle.
0: Do you remember specifically Symphony and Three's process, or just well, I, did I, it all just feel no, like a normal balancing fast?
1: It was part of the thing mm-hmm. and you know, he worked on it while he was working on other things. But did he
0: did he count it originally? Or did he just give you rhythm and steps oh, no, 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 and you no. guys just had to No,
1: we counted it. Make because, up your like own. Like I could the, the soloists come in, you know, one two three he two, two three he three he two three. There's I think five threes and then there's more I'm not sure. Five
0: threes, yes. There's
1: yeah, see, five threes. <laughs> There's five couples, and so at some points in the ballet, there's four couples and then an odd couple, number five, doing something else. So right after the opening, there's a thing where um, four couples do a um, little twirl thing with each other, and my, I was the odd couple. Then there are nines, and we would go, um, I would do a big, like, jump and then run, weave in and out of these couples, and he would go one time the other way and then follow me, chase me, for the next three nines. There were three nines there. ¶¶ The funny thing is about the music, I mean, I can sing, I can pretty much sing the whole score, oh, at yeah. least the parts I was in, and I sing it and counts. That's how I teach it. That's how I teach anything, pretty much. And there are places in it that you don't count, that you can't. Mm-hmm. And also, I mean, I know this was uh, Stravinsky's World War II um, tribute, or whatever, his Re- world war. Res-
0: response, kind of. Response,
1: kinda. yes. And um, I knew that, but then I read something about how—and the Third Movement is so like that. It's so—and it said in what I read that, you know, it's a combination of uh, goose-stepping Germans and the Allies landing there. And if you think about that and look at the Third Movement, I mean— it's, it's it's so driving, like you said. You know, da 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 da. Mm-hmm. When that it's called agitato in the score. So when agitato starts and everybody is doing something, and that's when the girls in the core are doing the searchlights in and out. You know, of the wing. Da-da, oh, da-da, that's a, da-da, da-da, an amazing, an ama- unexpected moment. An unexpected moment and a precursor to every choreographer now that has people peeking. I just thought of that yesterday. I never ah. thought of that. You know, nobody did that before that I know.
0: Oh, the 16 women in white, sort uh, of.
1: 16 women in white. I'd
0: never thought of them as a sort of modern-day willies. Not that there's a story, but they're... The, they're you know ballet blanc in white yeah. and they're, they're dancing to menacing music so there's some sort of like
1: oh, well that's interesting some I never, sort of I uh, never thought, connection to the ballet I th- history yeah well I never thought of it like that I mean I, I
0: didn't either while watching it you don't need to think about no. anything while watching no,
1: it no no but also you can that's yeah. what's the beauty you know it's, it's in the eye of the beholder that's why Mr. B didn't tell any stories you know he's not you know you can make up your own story he doesn't care but just the fact that it was we called it searchlights, that they go out and in and out and in. And when the principals are doing yada, da, turn, da, 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 da. And then there's limp, da, 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 da. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. And then when the girls come in, in the finale, before they go out to do the searchlights, and they do that um, marching, really like goose-stepping, you know, da, da, and then walk, walk, walk. I'm talking about it, I'm getting so excited, (laughs) because there's so many things. end of the first movement principles, I mean, that section itself is the most visual depiction of every count of music. Mm. And it's bombastic. And then those uh, girls in white back back onto the stage into the um, diagonal. The opening diagonal. For the opening. I mean, when they back uh, back in, I mean, it's You could think it sounds like, you know, gunshots or like that, the rumbling.
0: I don't think, even when we did it for for the school, I didn't have any desire to be like, what am I dancing? I'm just like, this music is awesome. I need to count. These steps are fun.
1: Exactly. Make it a little jazzy. It's not,
0: you know, ballet class. Um, No.
1: The, the the steps if you do the arms the way uh, they were choreographed it's jazzy it's not you know classical it's yeah. neoclassic like a, so many of his ballets, but it's built into the music. Nobody thought about, you know, what it's supposed Stories. to be. But, but then once
0: you read that the music is sort of yeah. wor- World War II yeah. response, yeah. then it's like, oh God, I can't help think about Nazis, and I don't want to think <laughs> about Nazis <laughs> at the ballet, but no. or goose-stepping, or soldiers no, or no, conflict, not at all,
1: and and nobody should, nobody <laughs> should, but just the uh, incredible, powerful nature of it, mm. and um, it's, 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 you know, it's unbelievable.
0: The ballet starts with one of the most striking images of any ballet I know. 16 women in white leotards standing in silence in a long diagonal with their arms outstretched. And then this music starts and these women don't stop dancing in fast-changing counterpoints until the first male soloist jumps onto stage after about 30 seconds. Originally, Helgi Thomason came in after like four counts and did this amazing solo. Like, sort of like a tornado, just spinning and spinning and and jumping around these women. And I was wondering when that got taken out.
1: I don't know why he took it out. It wasn't... Was it long? Was there an addition piece, additional piece of music? No. I don't um, think so.
0: Helgi was on the podcast. He was ta- speaking with Silas Farley, and he kind of just mentioned, they mainly talked about Bezé de la Faye, but mm. he mentioned that Mr. B, maybe one of the rare moments where he just wasn't pleased with it, and he kept on tinkering yeah. it, but yeah. he didn't mention it getting cut. And then I was I mentioned it to Anthony Huxley, who does that part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he was like, I can't imagine dancing anymore in well, that first movement because you're already dead right. by the end. See,
1: I think that's that's what I was going to say to you. I think that's why I took it out. Because you know, you've, you've done the uh, principles. And at the end of that section I was just talking about, the end of the first movement, before the girls back in, the principles are spent. And actually, the end of it is so powerful, what the girls do when they back into place mm. and then march, and then they do that incredible weaving where you're totally... I mean, when I first staged it, I was like, what? How how does that happen? Mm. You know, and I can look at it a hundred times and not figure out how he does the weaving. Well, because
0: the two straight lines suddenly curve and become soft and they go in and out. Like a figure eight. And
1: then they end up you know, the girl who goes crosses first ends up being the center, and it it, it backs around, and it ends up being the diagonal again. It's like again. a
0: kaleidoscope or something. Uh, yeah,
1: exactly like a kaleidoscope. That's a very good analogy. ¶¶
0: What are your re- memories of the original cast of, of Sally Leland and Eddie and...
1: Well, Sally was wonderful, beautiful, and Sally helped me the first time I staged it. She was ballet mistressing. Oh, when she, I knew,
0: she knew that inside and out. She the knew ballet. the ballet
1: inside and out, but just, Sally was a beautiful dancer. Just, you know, no fuss, no muss, no um, embroidery.
0: No embroidery.
1: There's I no. Like that. There's no embroidery. The choreography allows you to be your own flair. Like, you know what I mean? Honest, I mean honestly the, yourself, but with Honestly style. yourself, but with stuff because of who you are. Lately, there's a lot of talk about artistry, and Mr. B. never called himself an artist. You know, it's like a, cra- a craftsman, art, a, a, a carpenter, a craftsman or, a, ger- yes, or a chef a, or something. Or a chef mm-hmm. or a, a teacher, he said oh, yeah. the most. But the artistry comes from allowing the choreography to show and then you're wearing that dress. How's that?
0: You're wearing that dress.
1: You see? Yeah. You're wearing the dress. So it's you. It's not the and other if it's person. It's a well-made
0: dress. It's, it's a well-made gonna dress. It's going to shine, you're going to shine.
1: You're going to shine because of who you are. Right? Yeah. And that's why he picked people who he knew would bring something to it without putting on or embroidering mm-hmm. as I like to say.
0: So, do you remember panic before the premiere? Like, did you? Because I read on the Symphony in Three Wikipedia page. I hadn't read it anywhere else. That that's where he, I read. He choreographed it in a week. Yeah. And then took one afternoon to clean it up, and then you did it. Was it panic?
2: Panic. I don't at the remember disco? panic
1: because <laughs> if you have the counts and you see we moved like that, mm-hmm. we knew. I mean, that's why when you say, "Oh, let's see how it looks," it usually looked okay. Sometimes. As he was making a step, you could almost end the sentence.
0: It was like logical because you knew his
1: exactly, p- patterns and exactly. movements. So I don't think it was panic. I think we were excited. What was interesting is the audience reaction. At the end, there was no applause. People were like, astounded. I'm they didn't sure. know what to make of it. I think, I think a lot because we all just stood there. In those poses, and the, the guys were on the floor. Picture, picture call, the picture as call, the program but goes down. like, and it was just those chords going bomb, bomb, bomb. And I think they expected us to do sauté step chute or something. Like finish and with it, <laughs> with a, with a something. <laughs> and the guys are on the ground doing like, um,
0: it's like Spider-Man you know,
1: Spider Man, <laughs> Spider Spider Man things all the way down to the bottom. And the girls were in crosses, you know. Again, both maybe, arms up,
0: arms to the side.
1: Yeah. And crossed like that, mm. so, and maybe I don't know. Maybe it was the uh, cemetery <laughs> in Normandy.
0: <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's knows? so easy to yeah, make those could, jumps. No.
1: but just the fact that we he he made us listen to those ending chords, that that was the end of the ballet. Just the music, I think, is mm. was, was kind and of and also because
0: there's. Three chords, and the final chord is like in a major key, and yeah. it shifts. And yeah. I, yeah. I read yeah. that like it was a response to like the allies, you know, exactly. Getting an and the allies and, coming. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Like I said, we were just like, oh, nobody applauded. It was so weird. But then people got used to it, and mm. and sort of appreciated it for what it was. But it was it was sort of you know disconcerting. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> it becomes an avalanche.
0: feel like th- they were different in any way to his other ballets or did it feel like sort of similar
1: similar to, you know, the jazzy type things. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was the first Stravinsky ballet that he ever choreographed on my group, my friend, except he redid uh, Dances Concertante. Okay. But the steps seemed exactly the right thing to do, mm-hmm. you know. And then also when we came out, you know, the couples come out and we're walking like we're, you know, going down uh, power walking. Power walking, Power yes. walking, yeah. The five couples enter they do a
0: big s- circle downstage.
1: Big circle downstage and then they explode out of it, mm-hmm. you know. You know what part is really amazing? I think in the, uh, after the five couples come in in the finale and then the... Um, the three principal girls come in downstage front in a little triangle, and they do this section called the bumblebees. That's
2: you know, what it's called. Yes, it's
1: called bumblebees. And while they're doing that, five couples are doing slow in opposition of that, and the boys are in a line. The girls—they're counting eight. You know, oh, yeah. da 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 da. It, it's that section is so interesting too. The whole finale is unbelievable. There's a section where um, the principals and the five couples do a devlape al second. And then they jump through, the boys lift them. You know that yum, bum, ba Oh, yeah, jump. that's like the and real land, sort of victory music almost. Yes. Dun, 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 dun. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, the finale is a miracle, I think.
0: That comes up a lot, and I don't know if anyone's ever talked about it on this podcast. But before the five couples' first entrance, when you start counting the six eights or whatever before those five threes, Mm -hmm. um, the first principal couple and then the 16 girls all do a bunch of Aidas to Mm -hmm. some amazing music. And then,
1: yeah.
0: But there's a bit of an Aida theme, and I don't know if anyone's talked about Aidas. Can you Uh, describe what an AIDA is? An
1: AIDA is you step on one foot, you turn in a foot that would be a passe, and for balancing, you know, the head is quasi, so I think that, you know, if you're on your left leg, your left ear is going to be near your left arm, which is higher, and your right shoulder will come front a little bit, and that arm is uh, 90 degrees to the ground. How's that? Is that a good Yes, and your
0: your right knee is lifted up. Your right knee is lifted up, like as flamingo high as you can. sort of, like to, jumping right, flamingo, to your
1: knee to the chest, mm. right, kind of, and you jump. And I think Aida's are are old. They're in lots of you know old classical ballets, right? Like I I
0: actually don't know. Is it or,
1: a you, or they or are in Aida or in their operas? You know, like A
0: I D A. I don't think I because people say Aida, and I don't think I knew it until.
1: I into think, my 20s like I think oh it ha- it's
0: from the opera
1: yeah it's from the opera first. someone's
0: surely written an article about the history of the Aida okay and it's name we'll have to
2: look it up
1: yeah probably <laughs>
0: arms arm positions sort mm-hmm. of at the end like arms up mm-hmm. inside and mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of very specific um, stylized arms in, especially in the pottter de oh
1: the potada de yeah well the pottter de all of a sudden we take a trip to we used to call it uh, Balinese just kind of something a little uh, like arms fr-
0: to, arms to the side atten- to the attenuated side. fingers kind Ag- of
1: and also um, had or, like if you, you know, Mr. B did that at the end of a lot of ballets. At the end, in Beise, he does that at the end of Ruby's, where the woman um, flips her hands up, like you're catching something from the elbows in to your ribs. Mm-hmm. Let your hands flip, the wrists go flip down. And so it's like you're catching something in your palms, and the head is inclined one side or the other. And it's kind of a, a, a dance from. Uh, Another time in the east. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: well, Eddie Vallee wrote that in his book. That He's he said that Balanchine told him it was Balinese. Balan.
1: That's why I'm saying it. Yeah. I knew that, but I didn't. Um, so you but know. It but it's but
0: it but it's not. And I, I don't. But as you said, I don't think these are specifically like things that he made up just for this ballet because they they They're occur in in in, in, La Valse, in, La Valse, in, in ballets yeah. that you wouldn't say look or you know.
1: I mean. Mr B the Ballet arms yeah. and the hands and the head are every bit as important as what the legs are doing mm. i mean you don't have anything from the waist down if you i mean it's not balancing looking if the top is not how he wants it doesn't have it. that style you know what I mean? yeah that is the aesthetic mr b had the most beautiful hands mm. you know and so it's in the choreography and also the thing about the potato, de which is You know, it's very long, but it's not exhausting because the people just danced so much. He always gives you a rest. Just when you think that you can't do another step, here comes a step where you can look beautiful but it's a breather. So in the pas de deux, there's all those moments like the fi- you know the fives uh, when the hands do you know when they're in second oh, yeah, they're just they're, they're the just sit, they're standing. both in second position uh, flipping their hands out out in in out, out and it's slow. You know, she's she's her solo in the first movement is so exhausting, you know. And then oh I this is a section I love that we could talk about is um, after the 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 boys come in, the men come in, with um, the the lead guy and the five couples behind. That's great, and mm-hmm. then then there's a conversation section that I just I love, where she comes back in with the girls, um, and that's like. So they do this thing called we called it the conversation where they're both in opposite diagonals and the, and the women go yeah, da, 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 ja, da, 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 and they respond and and they respond ah, two three one <laughs> two three. And it's so cool actually. Yeah. It was so much fun to do, you know And then there's a big bombastic end to it a six. <laughs> ba, 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 ba. couple comes in which is also slower and much more gentle. So
0: yeah, it's a it's a definite mood change.
1: It's a mood change there, setting maybe the scene for the potted de later. But it I mean it goes back and forth between quiet and mm-hmm. then rah, and then quiet. And then it ends the first movement with quiet.
0: There's definitely a lot of I mean the whole time the sort of teams. Like the men are together yes. and the women are together, yeah. and it, it, the yes. whole time they're sort of playing, playing on each other. Yes, the potida de too. It's not a. I loved it because it felt like you were sort of just creating a world, but it That's wasn't right. like romance potida. De oh God, no! It's it's but great. You know You're what? just
1: balancing is not romance pas de deux. No, it, but even, like you'd, even you'd, if it's a romance potida, de <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't yeah. want a romance. He he say it's not days of our lives, dear.
0: Oh, that was one of his quotes. <laughs> I haven't. <don't know.
1: laughs> it's, like, it's not
0: Days of Our Lives.
1: The you know, eyebrows and.
0: Did he ever come come back stage and tell you one of the, those sort of zingers, or did you never get one of those? I don't I, but- butter the.
1: Don't butter the hoo-ha.
0: The bacon or he the used bread. Used to tell
1: something. me I was too sweet, too sweet,
0: dear. Too sweet.
1: You oh. know, maybe I was being too soulful, and he wanted more bang pow for me.
0: Do you think that was a physical? Thi- about your physical I, movements or were you maybe too sm- um, smiley i think it might I, have
1: been i think smiley i didn't smile we didn't people didn't smile it was not a smiling thing it oh, was, i love
0: that i hate that's my least favorite correction is when someone tells you no to smile smi-
1: no smile that's my like, point unless it's
0: a genuine smile that happens because you're on stage and well, the music exactly, is there well exactly and
1: the music excites you yeah but again the smiling thing has to do with it's not mannerisms. It's just the person and how you respond to the music. In the moment. In the moment.
0: Yeah, because some days, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pasting on you, a smile you, is, is, is <laughs> a, bit, a bit fake, I guess. No, but the body has to respond always. You can't just have a bad day, not smile, and look like a a bum. And have your body <laughs> d- defeated as well. <laughs> <laughs>
0: if your body's smile at least if your body's smiling, exactly, that's what you-
1: <laughs> exactly.
0: Oh my god! Did I ever tell you? I've only gotten one letter to the theater, like, and it was like my second year in the company, and I was doing
1: like
2: Candy
0: cane That's what I thought. I was like, "Ooh, fan mail!" <laughs> and it was this little vintage postcard <laughs> from Florida, like Florida oranges or something. And it was like, "You're, you know, nice to watch you. I, I, I expect great things." <laughs> try not to look so grim on stage
1: at <laughs> least <laughs> <laughs> well, so you, you weren't smiling I know
0: I was like oh my god
1: that's so funny <laughs> Isn't that so,
0: I, so I was so excited and then it just quickly went like
1: well you were serious you're a serious yeah. person
0: um, candy cane is a, at that point <laughs> terrifying <laughs> it's like you have to get through a hoop 12 in, times You
1: was in candy
2: canes <laughs> <laughs> you look grim <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Grinch or something.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. It still makes me laugh so much. Oh, I should, that I should find that and frame it, because it that was is. such a formative moment of my life. That I think. is funny. From when Symphony Three first 3 um, mm-hmm. first premiered, when you were still dancing it, did he change little things here and there as it uh, went on, or they, sort of just clarify things and tighten it yes. in a way?
1: Um, there were a couple, There was one step he changed, and I i loved the step, I mean, for us. Mm. And I think it was some people couldn't do it well, and he changed it. And then I remember um, when we were doing it for the workshop, and I tried to put it back in because the girls could do it, I thought. And then uh, Peter saw it and he said, "What are you doing? What is that?" I said, "Well, that was the original step," and he he was he didn't want he wasn't having it. And you know I don't blame him because I mean I if Mr. B changed things that's fine. Mm-hmm. If he changed the step. Sometimes he changed a step if Somebody was injured.
0: Yeah, there's like reasons, or if someone could, yeah. if someone could do something better, he would change right. it. But right. doesn't but, invalidate right. everything before. but
1: that's the only reason that steps should be changed. You know, you don't go into the museum and say, uh, "I like blue better. I think this painting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put blue here instead of what's up there." That's how I feel about it. And it's not like the ballets are in a museum at all. They're living, breathing things. But that's just an analogy I use.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But um, this one step in the in the third movement with the five girls and the principal girls, there was a step that used to be like um, uh, plié, suit, to new, and then you plié it in... Uh, on point, yeah, that 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 bend straight, bend straight. Oh, and now they just do. They just do like a Charleston. They do a char- like a Charleston step now, so I he changed that.
0: I mean, also it, that's probably hard, and you're so tired at that point, and of course, well, all whatever. the all the guys are on the side just watching and not dancing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I don't remember too much else.
0: Like it wasn't a long. Oh
1: no, process no, it. he didn't fiddle. Mm. He didn't, you know, no, not at all. I mean, the ballet stands on its own, like it, and it does today. I mean, it's so modern. I mean, it's so new, Yeah. even today, as opposed to...
0: Yeah, nothing about it feels uh, like an archival sort of... No. And it's, it is interesting to see Well, none of them do. Old, Agon old doesn't. Things, yeah. Four
1: Temperaments doesn't. Four, no. 1947 is still one of the greatest neoclassic things mm-hmm. that was 47 and it's ballet you see
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's actually ballet so
0: do you remember how long the men wore bell bottoms for Symphony 3 no. which is one of the it's funniest so things, so things funny to isn't happen it? upon a picture of that
1: I know I because what... now
0: it's it seems so iconic just black and white you know black tights, right. white leotard right. or
1: I don't remember attack. when the bell bottoms went away because it didn't affect me. But actually, in the beginning, and I don't remember—I don't remember not—we all wore white. If you saw in the Saratoga film, yeah. the five couples, the girls wore white, not black. I—I mm-hmm. I think we—I think I did wear a black leotard at some point. So I think maybe changed that earlier on than. Yeah. Maybe you changed it with the bell bottoms.
0: It just seems so funny. <laughs> <laughs> it might look dated if you watch it now with bell bottoms. Yeah, that, that might yeah. be the only thing. Yeah. What was your What was your working relationship like with Balanchine? Like in the studio or out you know, on the street? Did you have conversations about music or?
1: I, I wasn't, uh, you know, that close to him. Mm-hmm. I would say. I mean, clearly, you know, he lived right near me, and I would see him on the street, and but. It was more like a working thing, and he was so funny, and all you wanted was for him to like you. That's mm-hmm. all you cared about. And, I mean, and me. And you,
0: you attended his, for a while, he did the two-hour the, the, the two the, seminar The two-hour Monday classes. Without, oh, no. Oh, did you go to those? No,
1: the Monday classes. I thought you were talking about the seminar for teachers. I did both. I would go to the Monday classes. And, Which,
0: if you don't know, for a period, he offered on the one day off to do a class, every, two hours I, of... In, information and attention and...
1: But, you know, even more so, I have to tell you, I didn't want to miss any of the stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because the stories, he was so fascinating and funny and uh, the technique, yeah, I mean, I was tired. We were tired. Mm-hmm. We we did, you know, we danced a lot. But I didn't want to miss anything. <laughs> That's why I went. Do you I have wonder. a
0: favorite, a favorite story that he told or...
1: Oh gosh, I can't. That, or
0: that you like to tell students, and um, or any anecdotes, because you you, you, you some, pepper your class anecdo- with a, mil- a lot of a anecdotes.
1: anecdotes, but um, probably his
0: and also your own.
1: Yeah, I. It's my favorite story. I think I've told you this about me personally. Was my name when I first joined the company was uh, Pillersdorf, mm-hmm. Susan Pillersdorf and I was 15 years old, and so, and Mr. B, he liked that name, he liked to say it, pillarsdorf dear, <laughs> and it made me so upset, <laughs> I couldn't, <say. laughs> and one time I said to him, can't you just call me Susie, and he said to me, you don't call me Georgie, and I said, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, so eventually I changed it, right, mm-hmm. and uh, to Pillar, I shortened it, and much to my father's chagrin. And so one day he was on stage before the uh, ballet, and he was wearing his jacket, and he had a pin on his shoulder, and it was a, um, a butterfly. So I said to him, Oh, Mr. B., I love your pin. Is that a new pin? And, and uh, he said, No, dear, it's a very old pin. And I said, Did you have it when it was a caterpillar? And he said, without taking a beat, caterpillar's dwarf deer, <laughs> and that is my favorite story because his ear was so amazing, yeah. I mean part of this you know, he would make puns on words that you know everything was that's so funny it's an indescribable um experience mm-hmm. you know, being in the room with him and just because it was so normal, it was so like. You know and
0: then 50 years later we're still talking about this thing that you were in yeah. which is a masterpiece and performed all over the world yeah That's I mean I'm lucky your how? dance DNA is is still
1: and my friends in from the company pieces. are still my best friends mm. and losing some of them because we're old and um, and we still talk about it and mm. we still talk about you know what this looked like and what that looked like and the people who danced and because it's it's it was you know our whole world and that's so and so it's important to me that you people and young people get a sense of that even if you're not um, there with the genius that oh, yeah. you, that you know what the what the genius wanted with the it's a feeling intention and it, sort of and, and a feeling, context or as yeah. as
0: well as you can yeah relay it yeah Thank you for talking about Symphony in Three with me, Susie.
1: Thank you for asking me, Jared. <laughs> and
0: thank you for, you know, continuing to teach the children. Yes. The I, way I will not just the children, teaching all of us.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: And illuminating. The. Yeah, embroider, not, not embroidering the past, but illuminating the past. That's
1: right. That's <laughs> And good. our present. Perfect, perfect, perfect ending.
0: Thank you, thank you. You're welcome. When I think of dancing Symphony in Three with a company, I think of the late, great Balanchine ballerina Sarah Leland, or Sally as we called her, whom Susie and I just talked about. After retiring from the stage, Sally was charged with teaching generations of dancers Mr. Balanchine's works, including Symphony in Three Movements, in which she was the original principal ballerina. The last dancer to learn this lead ballerina role from Sally is New York City Ballet soloist Ashley Laracy. Ashley was born in Florida, later came to the School of American Ballet to study, and then joined the company, becoming a soloist in 2013.
3: I worked with her a few seasons, and then when she passed away, most recently, I debuted it in 2019. Pregnant with twins.
0: Pregnant with twins. That's you could do a whole podcast about <laughs> doing the hardest, one of the hardest principal roles while growing two babies inside of you. Um, I mean, it wasn't
3: I wasn't necessarily cast at the beginning. I was filling in, so how I got my debut.
0: And wh- what do you remember about watching Sally Coach, particularly her part or any of the, the principal parts?
3: I feel like I have the most memory of the solo, the principal solo, uh, just because I felt very young when I was learning it. It was the only role that I've learned in Symphony in Three of the principals. And I remember that solo felt very far from my reach at the time, uh, just because it had, you know, you have to have such attack and precision and it's fast and exhausting. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I really, if I ever had gotten the opportunity to do it, I really would have needed a lot of time to prepare. Um, that wasn't the case. But um, I just remember her really kind of pushing me to be bigger and bolder and have so much attack, which felt not natural to me. But in the end, I really um, love doing the role. I find I've kind of prepare by thinking of, like, Game of Thrones <laughs> at the very beginning. Um, Are you Khaleesi? Yes, and listening to those notes and just um, preparing with all of my dragons behind me. (laughs) Because it's so hard to get through that solo. It seems like it's so short. Um, But you kind of hold your breath for a lot of it, I think, to be so precise and um, jump big, but everything kind of has to be contained.
2: (laughs) ¶¶
0: I danced with the, you know, the Sally parts um, for many years, and I I remember her being so incredibly specific, particularly with that solo and with this part of it. more than other things. And like we all learned, practically most of the balancing rep from Sally, and it's not like she wasn't specific, but this one I feel like she really took really a lot of time and care and like all the details. And that solo is you might not think it's exhausting watching it because it's. You know, you kind of just come right down the center. You don't, like, travel around the stage that much until the end. And most of it is not huge movements, but it's, like, so precise that it has to be super sharp. And sometimes, as you said, like, that stuff is more exhausting because you have to be so exact.
3: Yeah, I think the sharpness that she really wanted, um, nothing lovely. Really, it had to be, like, um, with such attack and twist and very angular, I think, Mm she was always looking for. Um and then that pique menage at the end, you just wanna die. And then you have other women running around with their arms oh, yeah. and their ponytails hitting you in the face.
0: <laughs> so um
3: <laughs> it's an obstacle course. So the
0: the solo ends with a harrowing menage or circle of the stage of of you doing pique turns, but at the same time
3: It's a double menage.
0: A double menage.
3: And the the core ladies are Traveling two circles themselves in opposite directions.
0: Four women are going clockwise. Four women are going counter, counterclockwise, and they're kind of they're watching each other to stay in line with each other. With they have their to arms form out. the X.
3: They have to form the X. They have
0: to form an X while they're going. So not necessarily watching you, so it's your job to avoid them?
3: So I follow one of the inner ladies um, to kind of keep my pace, but I think um, sometimes when the core ladies don't cross when they're supposed to, you end up with hands in your face.
0: Like you could get clotheslined. Like There's a a risk.
3: It definitely has happened. Really? Yes. (laughs) Last season. There was a moment, yes, where I had to kind of like bail early and run off because I was karate chopped.
2: That's yes, it was. Fun. It was
3: not fun. No. <laughs> and also, you're so dizzy, you can't really see, and it's a sea of white because they're all in white. The lights are so it's very, bright. It's a very bright ballet. Yeah, it's really, it's really um, terrifying. When you get off stage, you're very relieved, and then you have basically eight counts before you go back out. The ballet is a marathon.
0: The ballerinas that do Aurora and Sleeping Beauty. They always say that it starts out the worst, the hardest with the rose Adagio, and then everything co- sort of the, the evening gets easier as it goes along. Does Symphony in Three feel that way?
3: I think so. Yeah, it, it does feel very shot out of a cannon because it's your first moment on stage is this really powerful solo that mm-hmm. you can't. There's there are no rest steps. It's just go, 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 go until you get off stage. I would say once you once you get to the potato, de you're able to coast and you kind of recover, mm-hmm. and then the finale, it's just uh, ensemble, yeah, ensemble work to push through. You're tired, but you have a community to help.
0: Yeah, that was one of the best. It was probably Albert. I think Albert Evans was maybe who did it right before me because I remember I did, was doing the third couple while Albert was doing the principal couple, and I would always have t- tissues waiting for him for his like. Five counts that he <laughs> had to wait off stage before we went on for the finale. After he did the pa'rita, de but yeah. I think he told me that like the potata de is actually the the rest, the rest. moment for mm-hmm. that couple. Yeah. So you have to consciously breathe, be like in the back of your mind, be like conserving your energy during this pa'rita de because once the finale starts, you don't get off stage and you don't you don't stop.
3: Yeah, I don't think you really have that much time ever off stage. I mean, we're on stage basically the whole time. And I also particularly
0: your your part for sure. Yeah.
3: And I didn't run it until my debut performance. Which was So you never did it. I never knew what that was gonna feel like. Oh. But that was actually maybe for the better. Because I was also nobody knew that I was pregnant with twins, so I was super tired (laughs) and super sick. And then just
0: Did you know you were pregnant? I
3: did. I had found out a week before that I was having twins. But I knew that I was pregnant a couple weeks ago. So you
0: were in a state of shock anyway, and then And
3: I did not tell any of I didn't tell Taylor, who was my partner at the time, because I just didn't want to freak him out.
0: Oh. Did Sally say anything before she taught it to you? or
3: I just remember being called on the schedule with, um, you know, the ballerinas that had already done it. So it was quite of a shock. But I first learned the solo, and then I was called to the pas de deux. And I think for me, she just kind of was like, okay, you know this, right? Yeah, We go like this. One, two, three, four, you know? And I just kind of watched the other ballerinas go, Mm -hmm. and then it was my turn. Um, I remember I made it through everything except for I did one Menege, and then I just couldn't see anymore, so I stopped. I said, Aunt Telly, I can't. I got to wait. I got to wait. So, yeah.
0: I I did a conversation with um, Patricia Delgado, former Miami City Ballet principal, and we realized that I had learned it from the original woman, and she had learned, you know, and re- rehearsed the parada with the original man her Valella, And it was fascinating because we were in front of an audience talking about the parada, and I realized that we had totally different sort of cues. My cues, like, I remember Sally just being super specific about the physicality and, like, Beach ball. Where, yeah, where the hand... Snake like, Exactly head. where the hand should go, because the beginning of the parada, you come out and you do a sort of snake movement where... You know, our hands are slowly, slowly coming together on center. Um,
3: and ideally, they should be the same.
0: Yeah. But Patricia had Im- imagery and sort of, like, more, like, poetry that Eddie had said, mm. which was was funny. Because I remember Sally just... It was super specific.
3: I remember, yeah, like, the elbow lifted always, and then you had to form the beach ball and then turn the snake's head without trying to lower and yes. then match, right? Is that kind of what... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but she,
0: she didn't go into character no, motivation and no, 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 that no, kind no, of stuff. No, no. That was for us to hopefully... Yeah.
3: Bring to the table. Yeah, bring to the table. Yeah, I think she used to also talk about like painting of the sky. Like the entrance after your which was yeah something that she used to always scream at me and fifth and then just like moving big 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 and then that last like soda shot off is like the head had to be up and the arms were explosive and for me at least
0: oh absolutely
3: yeah so I have a picture of myself and I was like oh she'd be proud like head back Full on. full
0: explosion, yeah. Like the because you're
3: tired too, and then you're like, okay, well, here goes the finale. So that was kind of like your burst back into like dance out mode. Out of
0: your rest de up, yeah, exactly. I think the highlight of my journey with Sally was one Symphony Three rehearsal where I it was just the principals, so it was just the six you know six dancers and whoever else was understudying, and she, you know, as you said, always wanted more. She would rarely tell you to tone it down. Like she wanted the most energy, like the fullest expression, like when you jump, you you know look up at your hand, which is looking up at the ceiling. <laughs> and I did the first entrance of the principal guy, and I remember being like, I feel crazy. This is so much because like like you, like my in, initial instinct is to be a little more sort of subdued. Wizard,
2: yeah.
0: And I was doing everything, and, and she <laughs> clapped her hands and stopped, and I was like, Oh no, I'm going to be told that. And she was like, Now that's a principal dancer. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I passed the you test made it. this one yep.
3: time. <laughs> I think that she just like had the ability to really push you past what you thought w- were possible for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, with energy and the length or the stretch or the... Everything was always more than what you initially wanted to do or thought you were capable of.
0: Mm-hmm. What did you feel like when you danced this role? Like, you said you felt like you had to summon the power of... Khaleesi and Dragons how did it feel how did it feel to dance to this music because when you finally get to the stage with the full orchestra it's insane it's it's amazing yeah there's so much going on so much to hear
3: yeah I think the music also like helps you know that it really is like full and energetic and kind of like powers you through Um, I would say for my debut I was um, just like proud that I actually got through it. But I think this past season when I was cast and was able to um, you know, kind of focus on the little details, it really kind of felt like home. Mm-hmm. Like you can, I don't know, I I never thought it would feel so comfortable. Um, but the kind of like sassiness of the beginning I really enjoy mm-hmm. um now. And the potata really The lights kind of change, and I feel like you go into this really different world, Um, almost kind of like underwater at times. I don't know. I feel like I have like a meditation in a sense. There's moments
0: where the there's not like just a steady beat, but the the music sort of meanders, and you you don't you know you're not hitting a step on every count. You're just sort of also moving through things in a little more legato.
3: And I think if you really sync up with your partner. It's it's just kind of like breathing. I mean, the photo is so great. I think there's not really a there's not a bad moment. That um torturete granchete over your back is really fun, too. It comes out of nowhere.
0: Yeah. I always felt like I would never did that right. Because it's, it's such an odd... You run towards towards each other from the opposite ends of the stage, and then the guy sort of crouches down, and then And
3: I'm the supposed woman to grab over you without knocking your nose off with my elbow, and then fly around. And then you then sort fly of like do
0: a somersault grand jeté over your back, <laughs> and then you have to do a double swivel into the double pirouette. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's, the I guess, the most precarious part of the ballet. Except for those lifts, I guess if those don't go so well, the oh yeah, um, they're sleeping lifts.
0: Very odd. Are they called sleeping lifts? Uh, Or that's what 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 do you do when when you're being lifted?
3: um, So it's kind of like cannonball legs. Like tuck your legs up, Mm. and then you have your hands, um, which is kind of really clever. Um, Where you have your hands pretending to be the eyelashes, or at least that's what um, I always thought. Oh. That your hands are eyelashes and you're opening and closing. I'm pretty sure Sally said that. Um,
0: I don't remember. I was just lifting. I yeah, you're hoisting. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, when the girls were actually born, one of them did that Like while well, I would like be nursing them. Put their hand, hands. Back of your hands on the eyes. I have a picture eyes, of it. So it's literally kind of Symphony in 3. Like The same eyelashes. Oh, wow. they, le-
0: they learned it from they the... They learned it in the womb. In the womb.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Patacat instead of a patada... But, um, yeah, she always used to say those are your eyelashes to, like, open and close. Because you actually have to touch your hands to your face so you don't see, which actually makes it a little more precarious for the woman. Being lifted in the air, kind of like a tabletop. Or, I guess.
0: You're, like, horizontally lifted over the guy's head, hopefully with your arms all the way straightened. I don't think I ever did that, but I found a way to sort of cheat it.
3: And you guys used to, there's, like, a... A thumb trick, where you would, or at least um, nowadays they stick their thumb underneath the belt so they don't slide. I don't know if that was a trick you did, I, but
0: no, I didn't use that hack. Yes, I think I might have just put rosin on the leotard, which mm. is something that we do when there's a slippery costume. Um, Give th- traction. Yeah, the guy will or grip ask for the the ladies to rosin up their uh, costume, which yeah. I'm sure the costume department hates because it. Ruins the it ruins costumes, but it's better than a ballerina falling. <laughs> for sure.
3: Yeah, now they kind of look, link their thumbs underneath the belt so that mm. there's no way you're going anywhere. Um, but yeah, it's so. kind of like a strange coordination. You plie in sixth position, so no turnout, and then lift the knees. And ideally, your knees stay together, but it's very easy to
0: turn outs because we're. Yes, used and to, to it.
3: separate, which then makes it for not a nice picture.
0: And then when you come down, when you. You come
3: down flex foot on your your heels, heels. only your toes up. Yes. And then he lifts you and you kind of snake your legs back through Mm. his legs to the back and then kick them front, simultaneously opening and closing your hand eyelids.
0: Did you worry about your eye makeup? No. Since you had to put your hands actually on your eyes? No,
3: because you do actually, Sal used to say, close your eyes. Like you rest your. Okay. um, So you never got. There was never like smudges of no.
0: eye makeup on your, on the back of your hands.
3: Not that I noticed. I mean, I know. I, I mean, I think I'm dripping with sweat at that point. So okay. maybe I just cleaned it all off. By... <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I think it's more of like a mental thing for that ballet that you just, you're not done until that curtain is down. Yeah, Like there's other ballets where you kind of coast your way towards the end or you at least have moments to recover. And I think this one you just keep going. So it's easier to keep pushing than it is to let your mind be like, I'm so tired. Mm. You know what I mean? Like I just always was tried to pretend that I had energy in the tank or else then it just becomes a wet noodle, noodles. sloppy noodles.
0: <laughs> it's fun because you have a lot of time to like look at the people you're dancing with and relate to a lot of people on stage it's not just you doing a patada by yourself in the front. So the whole finale, you're kind of dancing with people, and
3: you kind of feel that energy yeah, from the back collective forward. Yeah, you
0: kind and of then make I, eyes at people and sort of like give encouraging little smiles.
3: Yeah, when we that. do that sote heading up before the gentlemen have their five or their silent one. Oh yeah, everyone with the core kind of like cheers the principals on. Oh, that's nice.
0: Any other Aunt Sallyisms? That's it's hard to explain in, in a podcast medium, because she wasn't talking about Balinese influences, or she wasn't talking... I don't think she ever said Balinese, did she? No. Which is, like, Eddie wrote that in his book, and that's what Balanchine apparently said, so that was, like, this sort of directive that he, he gave when talking about it. But Sally was... It was just, like...
3: These are the steps.
0: These are the steps. These are the arms. These are the counts. I don't have a lot of time. <laughs> but and I'm honestly, you she dance would, really she would, big. <laughs> <laughs> for any ballet, a lot of times we'll walk in and be like, you know, if you're new or learning in the back, she'd be like, I'm only going to teach this once. So you yeah. better learn it. Exactly. <laughs> Which for something like 73 is impossible. And if the people that she's rehearsing already know it.
3: Oh, well, that was the most terrifying thing is that I knew, you know, the other ballerinas. A had known it and Hardy had done it for years. So they so it didn't was just, need to be taught it. No, so no, no. They just like just did ex- it once. You were
0: expected to just like...
3: And then it's just like, okay, Ashley, your turn. It's like, ooh. She's like, how are you? I'm like, mm-hmm, we're good. Let's just try, you know? But I think because of those experiences, like I do know the ballet really well. And mm-hmm. even though she didn't say like, here we go step by step, she knew when I was wrong, you know? Yeah. So... She really drilled it to make sure that I did know it. um It was just initially she I think she was, just wanted to see like how much I had picked up, which was yeah. always kind of fun <laughs>
0: trial, trial by fire exactly What was your favorite part when you were that like to watch when you were like in the core
3: i mean i I was obsessed with the potata de i just I think what's so magical about that potata de when it's done right and done well is that it's so smooth mm-hmm. Even though there are some, like, tricky moments, it's like you kind of have to be, like, kind of like little cat paws so that there's no, like, bobbles or, like, missteps. Um, And then I always wondered how they could do the second position matching of the hands Mm -hmm. without um, falling over or whatnot because you do the bend forward and then bend back. And Sally used to always want you to make sure that your fingers were in line, but not actually touching, which touching Mm -hmm. would have made it easier because you could have balanced off each other. Um, I always wondered how that happened. And now I know all the secrets.
0: What's the secret? I don't remember the secret.
3: The gentleman kind of helps resist against you. Yeah. yeah, And then you can kind of overturn out the one foot, but not both.
0: It's like a balance exercise.
3: Yes. But at the front of the stage where you don't want to have a bauble or like a weird moment. Yeah. It's super controlled. I don't think,
0: yeah, I think I was always a bit nervous for that.
3: Yeah. I mean, and getting into it too, it's like the weird counts where it's a silent, you go in the silent, yeah. the conductor cues you.
0: Never a sure thing. And it looks like it's, you're literally not dancing. You're just moving a hand and a head. It looks so mesmerizing though too. Yeah.
3: But it is challenging. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing's challenging, but in a good way. You yeah. feel very fulfilled at the end dead
0: oh absolutely it's one of the ones where sometimes i'm like do we have to bow does does the curtain have to come back up (laughs) because i just want to because the the gentleman finish sort of on the ground crouched and sometimes you the the long walk back to the bow line is like the most exhausting walk you've ever done standing
3: in b plus is challenging at that point i mean last season when i did it and i think i had covid but i just hadn't tested positive yet um (laughs) Because literally, my hips, I thought I had ripped all ligaments, bones, joints, anything you could tear, I thought I had torn in both of my hips. And I kept telling the PT, like, look, like, something's not right. My hips are just aching constantly. Like, I must have torn my labrums. And mm-hmm. they're like, no, it's just that you're dancing so much. And, like, Three. there's a lot of whacking of your legs, extreme positions. But then, like, pulling your legs back in to move fast. And then... Whatever, four days later, I tested positive. But that was rough, rough symphony threes. Wow. Just to, like, put your body in those extreme positions. Yeah. And I, I just really thought that I was just working hard. And
0: Well, I hope we get to see you do it <laughs> without being pregnant with twins, without getting thrown on, or without COVID.
3: Yes, th- that would be great. <laughs> or maybe
0: it's, like, a Although great ballet, it of... but it's, like, somewhat unlucky for you.
3: <laughs> I mean, I think... It kind of was definitely nice for me when I debuted it because I had that distraction and I mm. uh, being pregnant and I just saw it as a great opportunity for me to do a ballet that I've always wanted to do, like bucket list. And who knew if I would ever get to do it again post kids being born and all that stuff? So I really was. It was just like a icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. Um, and then these other times. Um, have been so nice to be able to work on them um, intermittently and kind of take another stab at it.
0: Thank you Aunt Sally.
3: Thanks Aunt Sally, miss you.
0: And thank you Ashley for joining me to talk about Symphony
3: in Three. You're welcome, thanks for having me.
0: And thank you for joining us for Hear the Dance. We are so happy to share these insights into the great ballets you can see on our stage. I'm Jared Angle, signing off from the David H. Koch Theater at Lincoln Center. Bye.